How's everybody doing this morning? Hopefully you're doing well. We are on day seven of Hanukkah today. And uh, uh, so we'll be sharing our Hanukkah reflections uh, this morning and uh, giving consideration to that or seventh night uh, and other aspects of things. And this is where sometimes these different readings and things that we can do I mean, those that grew up in uh, sometimes evangelical church backgrounds or Baptistic backgrounds, sometimes Baptist churches are evangelical, sometimes they're not. And I mean evangelical in the sense of euangelion, that is the Greek word, uh, for for gospelize. Uh, and uh, evangelical today, the, the word has been hijacked perhaps in a culture to means something different than what it really means, but it, 
bearers of the good news. That That is what an evangelical should be, the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's the good news that we're holding out for. And uh, at Hanukkah time, uh, while we remember all the things that God did, we go back to what, where we began on day one and the fact that Jesus himself celebrated Hanukkah and Jesus himself would declare at Hanukkah time that he himself is the light of the world. I mean, it's called the Festival of Lights and uh, it's called the, the Feast of Dedication. And uh, Jesus is the one who dedicated himself on our behalf uh, as the sacrifice, as the perfect, pure sacrifice who who would take away the sins of the world. That is Jesus. The, the blood of bulls and goats could never do that, but the blood of Jesus could do that and do it once for all. Never needs to happen again. The sacrifice is complete. It is total. It is perfect. It is final. And uh, you and I who claim Jesus Christ as Savior uh, live with this sense of awe that his blood has redeemed us, uh, his sacrifice has saved us, and that we are now children of God, fit and destined for heaven. That is us, friends, because of the work of Christ. Now, today... We're going to be thinking a little bit more uh, about that aspect of the work of Christ in this sense. Uh, everything in the temple attested to God's holiness, to God's purity, uh, and that's why the desecration of his dwelling place was so grievous to the Jews. Uh, even the oil burning in the menorah had to be pure and consecrated. It couldn't just be any oil. Uh, I threw away some old motor oil uh, this week. It was old motor oil, and it just needed to go. Um, I didn't want to trust it in my car. And so uh, I put that old, threw it away, got rid of it because I didn't trust it. You know, it might not be pure enough. It might have degraded and not been good for the car. Uh, all of those things being uh, a reality and, and things that thinking about. And... Uh, so even the oil had to be just so, just right. The presence of idols in the holy temple, along with all the false worship uh, and the impure sacrifices, the swine sacrifices, was absolutely offensive to the Israelites, so much so that they became eager to make things right, especially Mattathihu, um, who was eager to make things right. And we know that when there wasn't enough oil to last more than one day, God affirmed his desire, uh, the desire of his people to honor him. Um, how? Because they took a step of faith and said, okay, we only have enough oil for a day. We're going to, we're going to light the menorah anyway. Uh, and God honored that step of faith. And, and so friends, I mean, for us to say, what is our steps of faith? What step of faith? May God be perhaps inviting you to take uh, at this time of year. I, I don't know what that might be. It could be any any one of a million different things that the Lord is asking you to do. But the question is, will you take that step of faith? For them, it was a step of faith to honor the Lord. For us, uh, same thing. It's a step of faith to honor the Lord. It, it could be lighting menorah or Hanukkah. Uh, it could be a step of faith of, um, you know, g giving Jesus an extra 
birthday gift. There's the regular offering that you might give, but then saying, I, I want to honor Christ more. I, I know some people that that is their annual practice. They say, we'll never spend more on Christmas than we're going to give to the Lord. I know that people take that step of faith and uh, has, you know, impacts their families. Maybe they, they give less in the family or maybe they give a lot within the family and they give a lot as well. But what step of faith may the Lord ask be asking you to take right now? Maybe it's a, a step of faith related to work. Uh, maybe it's a step of faith regarding having a conversation with somebody about spiritual things. Uh, maybe it's a step of faith to, to help someone in need. Uh, I, I don't know what it might be for you, but the Lord honored their faith. They knew they only had, and, and, and I think that's the secret to us. We look at our situation and we count the cost and go, I can't do it. That won't work. It doesn't add up. It doesn't tally up. I, I can't make that step of faith. How am I going to pay for it? God's saying, trust me. Just the other night, we gave away uh, one of our dishes that I brought home from Israel. Uh, it's the dish that has the fish and the loaves. And uh, I don't know if I have another one out there that I could show you or not. Uh, I wasn't planning on it, uh, but it has. it's a mosaic of fish and loaves. And to me, that is representative of the type of life toward which God is calling me and by Virtue of being married to me, Wendy Joe as well, the, the idea of faith. And uh, as a missionary, uh, as I increasingly uh, begin raising that support as a missionary, and you say, but aren't you paid to be a college president? Well, not a lot. I'll say that first and foremost. But uh, the, the thought is, as I raise the support uh, on the concentric side of things, then uh, that frees up money on the college side of things that I can hire other people. Uh, and uh, uh, because ultimately it's it's the broader sense of global disciple making. And I want to bring that to bear right here in New England through New England Bible College and Seminary. But, but it's that call toward that type of faith to trust him. And uh, so whatever your step of faith is, I just want to encourage you. I, I am looking at the comments over there and and uh, one person just simply saying, uh, thank you. I have a step of faith I need to take. And so, uh, brother, take that step of faith. I, I pray with you. We pray with you, Lord. Uh, as our brother uh, takes a step of faith, may you increase his faith. May you honor his faith, Lord. Uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. They took the step of faith, lighting the menorah, and for us to think about uh, taking a step of faith ourselves, uh, whatever that might be. Step of faith. God affirmed his people in their step of faith. Now, the fact is, uh, even though they didn't have the pure oil, and they didn't use, they opted not to use impure oil or oil that did not pass the test of proper purification. Fact is, none of us are pure enough to be in God's presence. We're just not. Uh, and I don't care how good someone thinks they are, we are not good enough to be in God's presence. So he provided the way, the way of purification, by sending Yeshua to die in our place, to exchange our guilt for his righteousness. He took on our guilt 
and gave to us his righteousness. Because of Yeshua's pure sacrifice, we have fellowship with the God of Israel. We have fellowship with the God of heaven. We have fellowship with the God of all creation. The same God, one God, these are all descriptors of the same God. The God who who is love, the God who is light himself. Uh, these things we are given in Christ through Jesus. And I just want to share with you uh, a few verses from the book of John. And uh, here we go. Look at John, actually, 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. None. It says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Again, they're purifying the temple. And it's the blood of Jesus that purifies this temple. Um, There's the aspect of purification, the aspect of the shedding of blood, the aspect of fellowship with one another. I mean, the Christian life is not a solitary life. It is a life to be lived uh, in fellowship with other believers. Now, some people I know really don't like big crowds, but you need to find a small crowd then of which you can be a part, which you can participate so that you can have fellowship because we are to have fellowship with one another. Uh, as it says in verse 7, it says we have fellowship with one another and we're purified from all sin, even as the temple was made pure by the cleansing that they did and rededicated by them so we can, even this morning, new and afresh if you need uh, to be purified, to confess to him your sins. It tells us in First John chapter 1, where we just were at verse 9. Let me put this up for you. Verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. We, we need to be able to say we've got sins. We need to be able to confess those sins. Sometimes you can oftentimes, most often, we can say, well, this is my sin. I know exactly what it is and what I need to confess. The great thing in this verse is it says that God is faithful, God is just, God will forgive our sins, and God will cleanse. There's, there's, there's the faithfulness of God, the justice of God, the forgiveness of God, and the purification of of God that he gives to those who confess to him. Well, continuing continuing the thoughts here in this section. First um, John, I'll take you over to four. Verse eight says this, whoever does not love does not know God because God is is love. We are his light. We are his love. We're to live in his light. We're to live in his love. What we have in Jesus is is not only good news, not only great news, 
but the absolute best news. The news of Jesus never gets old because the richness of God's love and mercy are so deep that new encounters with them await us every day that we would have encounters with the love of God. So on the seventh night of Hanukkah, we thank God for his goodness and purity. We express our gratitude that he provided the way for us to know him through his son, Yeshua. And so we place seven candles in a Hanukkah, setting them in the holders from right to left. You light the servant candle, then you begin lighting the candles across from right to left. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and has given us Yeshua the Messiah, the light of the world. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has performed miracles for our ancestors in those days at this time. Now, this is just one thing I want to highlight about that prayer. You can begin the prayer, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, uh, and, and then go on from there, who has given us uh, Duncan caramel-flavored coffee. Blessed are you, Lord our God, who has given us the, the uh, refreshment of the beans. There you go, and you drink coffee. Blessed are you, Lord our God, who's given us warmth for our homes. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. And to remember that part, the King of the universe, it speaks of the how magnanimous God is. He is utterly, absolutely, incredibly uh, worth and worthy of our worship. So to learn to make that a part of your repertoire in your prayers, blessed are you, Lord our God, the King of the universe, say it with me. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, and then you can finish. Blessed are you, Lord our God, who has given us this seafood chowder this Christmas season. That's what we do in our household. Not turkey, not ham, but seafood chowder has, has become what we do. When we moved to Maine, I said, we're going to do something more Mainish. I don't know how many other people do that, but that's that's our thing. So, blessed are you, Lord our God, who has given us this chowder this Christmas season. Bless you, Lord, our God, who has given us the joy of all the lights. And uh, so bless you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has given us all these lights. Uh, I don't know about you. I love Christmas lights. In fact, we need to go out. Wendy and I need to go out and drive around and look at Christmas lights. Uh, uh, I just love Christmas lights. And God, because they remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. They remind us that we are to be a reflection of the light of Jesus to those around us as well. So you say the prayers, you light the candles. And here are some scripture readings that, that I will bring out. Uh, in fact, I, I'll just read them from here for you. Holy, holy, holy is Adonai Tasveat. The whole earth is full of of his glory. I'll put this up for you on the screen. That comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, and verse 3. And uh, I was reading to you from uh, one of the Jewish versions. But here it is. They were calling to one of the who they. Uh, Says, verse 1, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. So a six-winged seraph, a six-winged angel. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. That We would want to see God's gloriousness in, in all things around us. In the book of Romans, we read further um, of the sacrifice made on our behalf. Romans chapter 3 down at verses 21 through 23. Again, I'll put that on the screen so you can see it. It says, But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness from God comes, this righteousness from God comes through faith, in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified. And you can say it all are justified, or those who believe are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. To think about the righteousness given us tonight, none of us, none of us qualify on our own. We only qualify by Jesus. If you're listening to this and you think, well, I'm a pretty good person, God will welcome me in, you, you cannot be good enough to make it into heaven, nor can you be bad enough to be kept out, <clears throat> because the key is genuine, converting, um, redeeming faith. When you place a genuine faith that, that, that causes a life transformation in your life, you place that faith in Jesus Christ. That is what saves us. Nothing else. That alone. Faith. Because of God's grace. Chapter 5 tells us this. In verse 18. In fact, let's look at 17 and 18. I'll put these up for you. For if... By the trespass of the one man, it's talking about Adam, Adam and Eve. Death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of the one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. We are given life by Jesus, and we rejoice in that life given to us by him. And Paul concludes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We think of the gift that, that he has given to us, and... Uh, in fact, he himself is the gift, not even the salvation. It goes beyond the salvation. It goes right to Jesus as the one who is our gift. Well, we've talked about many things. we talked about cleansing and forgiveness through confession and faith. We've talked about steps of faith that we may need to take. And, you know, So I encourage you, whatever that step of faith may be today, to take it. But ultimately, we're giving thanks to God for the indescribable gift 
and that gift is Jesus. And so at the end of your reading, the end of your time, the end of the lighting of the candles, would be this prayer, and this will be our prayer that will take us out of here this morning as we think about Hanukkah and we think about the lights. I share this prayer with you. Holy Father, thank you for wanting us so much that you provided the way for us to be with you. Thank you, Yeshua, for offering your purity as a sacrifice for our sin so that we could draw near to the most high and holy God. May we dedicate ourselves to living for you and letting our light so shine that others will glorify and worship you. Amen. Friends, have a fantastic day and happy Hanukkah.